Welcome to Big Bear Christian Center Sermon Audio. Join us today as we continue in the series in the book of John, chapter 13. We are in the book of John, chapter 13. We've been going through the book of John since the beginning of the year. We're going to be in it for a while longer. We're going slow because it's so important to get the Word of God inside of us and to take our time and to get a foundation of the Word of God. I was having a discussion with my, with my son Matthew this week about knowing the word. And he had a great opportunity at school. Somebody was a, who, a non-believer was asking him some questions about evil and Satan. So, you know, Matthew was able to have some of the conversation. He says, but, I, you know, I'm going to get some more answers to you. So we had a conversation. I said, and in that conversation, we said, it's so important that you give him not your opinion. You have to give him the word of God. When somebody asks us, if we're just giving an opinion, it just becomes one more opinion, one more philosophy, one more idea amongst, uh, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of different philosophies. And even within Christianity, I'm hearing that said. There's a lot of opinions about Christianity. When you hear people say, well, you know, I don't really think God is upset with with me for living with my girlfriend. Or, um, and... You know, it just says we we hear these things said, and, and it's said with a straight face by people who love God and 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 have have followed Him in the past, and we're walking away from a strong biblical understanding of life, and we're just doing whatever works. And so we want to spend the time in the Word of God and go through it and read it and talk about it. So we're I've enjoyed this time. I hope you are too. It's it's growing and and getting into the Word of God. John chapter thirteen. We're starting out. This, this passage, it's just before the Passover feast. He's about to have the final, the last supper with the disciples. And then from here, he's going to go out into the Garden of Gethsemane um, with, his, with his disciples. And the, the, whole, the whole end is coming. And this speaks to an issue, this passage. We're going to go through from 1 to like uh, 15 or so. This speaks to something that's really uh, something in our culture that we struggle with all the time. And it's selfism. You know, our culture, our nation, us as people, we're very egocentric. I, I remember even years ago, Pastor Jeff brought, brought this up. You know, magazines used to be called like World News, and there was things about outside. And then they started coming in a little closer, and, and we had People magazine. And then it was getting down to us. And then there's the magazine Self. Right, you know, just see this going from all these out down to ourself, and it's so much in our culture is talking about you. If it feels good for you, do it. Don't worry about whatever everyone else. Everyone has their own ideology. Everyone has their own philosophy. Everyone has their own religion. That's not true. There is one way, and one way only to heaven. And so Jesus breaks this thing for us here. Now I want to set up the time a little bit. As we go on, first let's go ahead and read a few verses. John chapter 13, starting in verse 1. Now before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come and that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that which, which he was girded. 
I'm going to stop there. So we have the, the, the setting that Jesus is going to wash the feet of the disciples. And it says, having loved his own. He wanted to show the love that he had to his disciples. His hour was coming. And it says that he loved them to the end. He loved them to the uttermost. He wanted to show his undying love to his disciples. And so what does he do? He takes this opportunity to wash the disciples' feet, which is such a huge showing of, of his love because Jesus came to be the Savior, but he also came to be the servant. And he came to show a side of humility to his disciples. Now, it's important for us to think about you know, washing one another's feet. Sometimes in the church, there's foot washing ceremonies, and some churches do it regularly, and, and uh, sometimes a small group might do that. And you know, when we have a foot washing, it makes everyone really uncomfortable and nervous. A lot of people say, you're not going to touch my feet. You know, you don't, don't, you know that's kind of gross, and, and I don't want to touch anyone else's feet. And for the most part in here, I think we have probably decent feet. You know, they're probably not too bad. Has anyone ever, like, gone for the whole summer without wearing shoes? In just one summer, your feet get pretty grody. You know, they get dried and cracked. And I spent a summer one, one, one time going barefoot everywhere. I wanted to become an Indian, I guess. I was in, like, sixth grade. And so I went hiking up behind Tanglewood Trails barefoot with my buddies. And, you know, I mean, our, our feet got pretty, pretty gross. You know, I think the disciples' feet were disgusting. I, I, have you ever seen a homeless person's feet who's been out on the streets for a long time or maybe wore sandals? They're not pretty. I was going to bring some pictures, but I honestly didn't want to gross you out. And also, I don't know. I don't know if they, you know, what exactly they looked like, but they wore sandals. And, and there was mud and there was dry dirt. And of course, there was no good sanitation. And there was a lot of horses and mules and other animals. And I don't need to go on to think, you know, we have the idea. Because it was not the most pleasant of jobs, not even a Jewish servant had to wash people's feet. Only slaves. It was below a servant's job to wash the feet when they would come to the door. It was a slave's job. Because it was just not cool. It was disgusting. See, people would take it, they would go to the baths, and they had, you know, if you had a lot of money, you might have a bath in your home, but most people, there was public baths, and of course there was the Roman influence, and so there was the public bathing. And, and we find in a few minutes that Peter talks about this, Jesus talks about this, is let, someone who's taken a bath doesn't need to be cleansed that way, they just need to have their feet washed. So even when you went to the public bath, when you came back from that, your feet were already disgusting. And so you'd wash your feet again before you went into the house. So you didn't bring all of that into the house. We lived in Guatemala for three years. Uh, keeping the floors clean was, was really difficult. And I don't know if, you know, Julian, if they noticed how often and, and how difficult when they would wash the floors, they really did a really good job in Guatemala. And, and then the dirt would just come right back in. You know, we, one day we were even saying, like, God, goodness, they just wiped the floors and here they go again. It's really difficult to keep the dirt out in societies that, that everything's dirt. So they'd have a basin and a towel at the door. And the slave would come and wash the feet. So this is kind of the setting. So when they come to this Passover supper, nobody was there to greet them to wash their feet. And so they all come in, 
And Jesus then takes the form, not of a servant, lower than a servant, a slave. And he does the most base of jobs to wash the disciples' feet. Now, it's really interesting that in this, if you go back to Luke chapter 22, this is the same account in the book of Luke chapter 22, and this same night, the disciples are having a discussion who is to be the greatest in the kingdom. And Jesus says, to be the greatest is to be the servant of all. Right? None of them got down and said, you know, our feet are all pretty gross tonight. You know, I think I'll, I'll wash everyone's feet. None of the disciples did that. They didn't even go out and maybe find a slave and pay them to do it. But Jesus takes that moment and he gets down. And I don't know, it's, always, it's, it's subjective to go and think, well, what do you think the disciples were thinking in that moment? I don't know what they were thinking. I know how I would feel about this big. You ever been in that setting that, that somebody starts doing something and as soon as they start doing it, you go, that should have been me. I should have been moving those tables. I should have gone out and mowed that person's lawn. And you just, you just know it. So here's his disciples arguing who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. And the king of the universe who loved his people so much came and he takes off his, his garments, puts the towel around his waist and performs the duty of a slave and washes the feet of the disciples. And when he gets to Peter, it's always Peter. You know, it's just, it's always Peter. Peter has a problem with it. He gets up in verse 6, and came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Duh. And Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. And Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. At least he's got something right here. Listen, Jesus, you should never wash my feet. That's not for you. That's not for, I don't know if he's getting to the other side of going, maybe I should be washing your feet. But he, this part's right. He, you know, Jesus, you shouldn't be washing my feet. You have, you have glory and honor. You see, Jesus is he's going, but you don't know what I'm doing yet. And Jesus says, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. And so Simon Peter says, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. There's Peter all in. We're going to have a Roman bathhouse right here at the Last Supper. And Jesus said, who is, who, he who is bathed, and that's a different word from than washing the feet. That's like a whole bath. He needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. So Jesus is doing what he does best. He's confusing us. And he's, he's drawing these pictures, and we're going, what are we talking about? Okay, we're not, oh, wait, you're not talking about washing our feet right now, are you? Even though that's what you're doing. You're talking about cleansing us from sin, giving us new life as he's come to be the servant as well as the Savior. And he's stepping in and he's helping us to see that, that listen, you're clean because you follow me. Now, there is something that some commentators say, and, and I'm, I tend to agree with them, that, that what, what 
there's a whole another theological point here is that he says you're clean but not all of you because he knew that Judas was not one of them but do you realize he actually still washes his feet he washed all the disciples feet Judas hasn't left yet that's that's a difficult one for for probably most of us to have that person in our midst that you just don't know about them and you're skeptical of them and and yet God calls us to serve. So Jesus washes all the disciples' feet, but he says, listen, you've already been made clean. All but one. You're my disciples. You know me. But I'm going to still wash your feet. And this is kind of a side message on there, but you know, if you found Jesus Christ as your Savior, he has made you clean. He's washed your sins away. And you're forgiven. And yet we know, First John tells us, that if, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, will forgive us our sins. We've, we see in the book of First John, he's writing to Christians, he's still talking about sin. So what's he talking about? Well, in the course of a, of a day, you're going to stumble and you're going to fall. And Jesus will still come and cleanse you from your sin. You're forgiven of all sin. But that doesn't give us permission to just live like hell and not worry about it. We still come back to Jesus and we say, I'm dirty. And he says, I'll wash your feet. You see, you're clean. You've been forgiven. But do you need to have your feet washed today? Is there something in your life that you know that on the way over here you stepped in some bad stuff? Last week you were not living and not going to places you should have been and found your feet in some dirty soil. And you come to Jesus and says, I'll wash your feet. You're clean, but I'm going to wash your feet. Because there's still sin that we struggle with. He loves us. And he, and he doesn't want to leave us in that mess. Even though we're forgiven of our sins, we still have to come and be cleansed from him. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Thank God that we're forgiven. But too often, we think that that's enough. And we just get that forgiveness and then we find ourselves back in the world and living and going, you know, but I'm saved, I'm forgiven. You come to Jesus and get your feet washed. Let him forgive you. Let him cleanse you from what you're going. Why? Because he loves you. This whole chapter 13, the beginning of it's all about the love of God for us. It says, having loved his own, he loved them to the end. He loved them entirely. He loved them to the utmost. The, the, the Greek there is, is trying to say he fully loved us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus Christ came down. He humbled himself and took the form of a, of a man. And he became obedient even to death, the Bible says. And he humbled himself. And I believe that this is a showing of really what Jesus did because Jesus left the glory of the Father and he put on this, the nature and he put on the clothing of man to come to this earth. And so one more time before his disciples, he's taking off his garment of being normal. He's coming to serve and he puts on the towel. You know, he, he didn't get down there in his normal clothes. He could have. Why didn't he? 
Why didn't he just say, I'm going to wash your feet today, Greg. I'm going to wash your feet, Shan, and, and just get down in his robe and wash. Do you ever think about that? He could have. But he says he took off that robe and he put on the towel. He put on the, the sign of, I'm a slave. And I'm going to minister to you in that form right now. Because he loved us to the end. 1 Corinthians 13 is God's love for us over and over again. He loved us and he came and he does this slave, this servant position and he comes and he cleanses us. And then Peter says, well then, then wash all of me. No, Peter, you've been cleansed. Verse 11, he knew who would betray him. And for this reason, he said, you are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord and you say, well, for I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. See, he... He didn't stay in the position of slave. It says he took his garments and he sat down. There was something said at the beginning of this passage that I've brushed over for years. And in verse 3, 13.3, it says this, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God, and was going to God, did what he did. Jesus knew who he was in God. He knew his purpose. He knew everything. He didn't need anyone else to get his self-esteem or his self-worth or his purpose. He knew what God had sent him for. See, we don't know that. And so we fight and we quarrel and we're always looking for attaboys. We're always looking for ways to seem better than we are and to have people come and commend us. Oh, you did such a good job. And we even think, boy, if I do this act, if I, if I come and humble myself and move chairs, if I come and wash somebody's feet, if I do that, what will they think? See, I don't want them to think little of me. I don't want to get stuck in this position. And we struggle with ourselves all the time because we don't know who we are in Christ. We don't know God's purpose. We haven't accepted it, that He loves us the way we are, that we don't have to try, that, that we are His. Jesus said He knew that He had come from God and He was going to God. Church, you are of God and you're going to God. You don't have to try and struggle and try to become something that you're not, or worry about what people are going to say. We don't need to tout our own abilities, and yet we, we do it. And there's, there's different ways to do it. I'm going to step on all of our toes, I hope, today. Because if you don't step on your toes occasionally, you're going to stay in the same spot. But if I step on your toes, maybe you'll move a little bit. Amen? So we got we got to keep moving. 
You know, some of us are passive aggressive. That, that's, that's my character and nature, and I've been fighting against that for a number of years now, not being passive aggressive. Passive aggressive people, they tout their ways in other ways. They're kind of, kind of, they have sneaky pride. In fact, sometimes they have reverse pride. Oh, I can't do that. I'm not any good. You listen to somebody like that after a while, and you go, wow, you know what? They're just like somebody who thinks that they're all of this. You know what they have in common? They're always thinking about themselves. And then you got the person who just says it like it is. I know how to do this and this, and I'm better than all of you. And boy, that one's easy to spot. But God wants us to be confident in who we are, in Him. Not in our ability, not in our disability. He wants to, us to have that same thing. And because Jesus knew who He was, where He was going, He was able to come down and fully humble Himself and serve others. Because He says, you know, it's just not about There's a news flash for, for Rob. It's not about me. We struggle with that. I struggle with that. Woe is me. But he loved us to the very end. And he had to show us that he came to save us, but also to serve so that he could then do this next part. You also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do, do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. We have to receive this morning who God is and actually accept that He has come and washed our feet. For some of us in this room, that's hard. Some of us take pride in the fact that maybe you didn't wander off as far as others. You know, I've been a pretty good person my whole life. And Jesus really didn't have to do much for me. We actually take pride in our goodness and it's really hard to detect and and maybe nobody else detects it but God sees it and he wants to minister and say no I washed your feet too I got down and I cleansed you and say God I didn't I couldn't wash my own feet you did it you cleansed me thank you because I'm a sinner there's nothing good inside of me Some people take too much pride in what they stepped in. Yeah, when I was living in the world, I used to drink every night, and I drank everyone under the table, and I did this, and I did that, and I was a huge sinner. Let's put it into perspective. I was walking through the forest last night, and I stepped in a big pile of yucky stuff. You're not going to take any pride in that. 
You needed a Savior. You needed someone who would cleanse your heart and forgive you of your sins, and he did. He says, it's over, and you're going to continue to come to me, and I'm going to wash your feet. I'm going to cleanse you. And understand that I, the Savior of the world, who came from heaven, humbled myself and served you in this physical way as well as a spiritual way. You should do it to one another. Serve one another. Take off all your glory and put it aside and get on the clothes of the servant and serve one another. It's a hard call. It's something difficult to do at times. But he says, if I have done this to you, you ought to do this, ought to wash one another's feet. I've given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. How can we serve one another? How can we begin to understand who we are in Him? Well, we're going to have to spend some time with Him. And we're going to have to get some healing. And healing has got to have to come in this process of understanding who you are in Christ. In Christ, you're a new creation. In Christ, you're forgiven. Now, you don't have to relish in the things you, you did before, and you also don't have to keep coming back and say, but I was so bad, I was so bad, I can never be forgiven. No, you're clean. But, you know, sometimes you're going to have a bad day. You're going to make some bad choices, and you're going to come to the Master, and He's going to say, I'm going to cleanse you, I'm going to wash your feet. You're already clean. Receive that. I don't need to wash your head. I don't need to wash all of you. You're clean. But you do have to get your feet washed. See, sometimes we have altar calls and we have these moments in church or, or in a life group or wherever it is that it's, it's a time to say, you know, if, 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 if you're just away from the Lord, if you're struggling with something, come forward. These are those moments that you say, you know what, my feet are dirty and it's okay. But, you know, too often we go, but if I go forward, somebody's going to think I've been doing something bad. I don't want them to think that. And so our pride keeps us glued to our seat and not dealing with it. But Jesus says, no, I'm going to come and I'm going to wash your feet. Because I saw you come in and you were outside and you were walking. And so I know that your feet are dirty. You know, today I can look at all of us and I'll sit down with us for, with us for a minute and look at all of us, including me, and say, you know, we just got through a week. Our feet are dirty. None of you, none of me made it through the week. Right? And so we say, Lord, here I am. Thank you for cleansing my feet. And God, help me to look at my neighbor, whether it's in, in the chair at the church or your physical neighbor at home, or, and say, God, how can I help cleanse their feet? How can I serve them today? How can I bring them to the Master so that, that I don't just wash their feet, but that they get a whole bath first, and then I can serve them also? How can I help somebody come closer to Jesus today? He showed us the greatest love. The greatest love.
And he did it willingly, freely. And he says, serve one another. Well, the greatest serving you can do is help somebody to come to Christ. The greatest thing you can do in their whole life is help them to come to Christ and get them a whole bath. The whole bath is the most important thing that comes first. You can't do that, but God can. How can you serve someone so that they might see Christ and say, wow. I'd like to smell better. I'd like to be clean. You know, when when dirty people hang out together, they don't realize how dirty they are. Until someone who's kind of clean shows up around them and they kind of look at them and smell them. And and the clean person definitely smells. And they go, wow, I I didn't think I could get clean. No, God... God's going to do something in your life. Go to serve. How will you do that? I don't know. I I could give you suggestions, but how about if we just spend time with the Lord and say, Lord, I need to know how I can serve somebody. Will you show me? Help me to be open to what you want me to do. Remember first, we're coming back to the Lord saying, you know, thank you that you've cleansed me. Thank you that you're willing to wash my feet because I, I messed up again. And I know I'm forgiven. But I don't want to keep walking in the dirt and the mud and, and be dirty. I really want to walk with you. And Lord, help me to know what I can do to serve somebody in the body or my neighbor, the person at the store. Let's pray. Father, your word teaches us here in John of your immense love for us. God, you didn't ask one of your disciples to get down and clean everyone's feet. You could have, and they would have. But you gave an example, Father, and you did that. Help us to understand the significance of that in our life. That you've come to all of us even though we're saved and you, you still say, but, but we've walked in places that we shouldn't have and we've gotten dirty and that you're willing to wash our feet again. Thank you. Help us to be, as in First John, that we would be ready to confess our sins and that you'll be faithful and just and forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness and that there's no lag time There's no quota that we have to live up to of saying so many Hail Marys or so many I'm sorry's, but that you just cleanse us. And Father, we have the greatest gift in the whole universe, world, in all of creation, and that's salvation. Help us to serve one another. Help us to understand who we are in you and serve the lost, serve the saved, serve the brothers and serve those who are in desperate need of knowing you, that they too might come and be fully cleansed, forgiven of their sins. 
God, I'd pray for an extra anointing and ability for all of us in this room to, to wash the feet of Judas. Because that's hard. Help us to have compassion and love on the lost, even on the lost that, that may turn away from you. And in order to hear you, God, I pray that we would spend enough time with you to recognize your voice. And so that when you call us to serve, God, we're, we're there. God, that we're looking for opportunities to serve one another. God, we're so grateful. It's words aren't even enough. Thank you for your mercy and your grace and that you will walk with us through this difficult life. And, and Father, we'd also just pray for those that are going through the midst of a trial and a tragedy and whatever else. God, that you would be their strength right now. Help us to know those in the room that are going through that we might help and serve them if by praying or if by some service, and definitely by love. Walk with us all. Help us to know your voice. Help us to know you. Help us to die to ourselves and live in and through and for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.